This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. In this episode, I visit with Vin DeCiani, the founder and president of Affiliated Monitors, and we take a look at the role of the monitors and the monitor profession in context of the stimulus package recently passed by the U.S. Congress around the coronavirus crisis. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Vin DeCiani. Vin is the founder and CEO of Affiliated Monitors, a longtime podcast favorite of mine. So, Vin, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we are self-isolating here in Houston, as I know you guys are uh, up in Massachusetts. But Vin, I wanted to visit with you today on the topic of not so much what to do this week or right now in the coronavirus health crisis, but what do companies, executives, compliance officers, government regulators at every level, federal, state, and local municipalities need to be thinking about in terms of the stimulus package passed by the Senate this week? Yeah, it's a great topic. Um, so, you know, my world is monitoring, right? And so we do all of the independent monitoring in lots of industries and in lots of sectors and with many government agencies, right? And so you think about um, what they're all going through right now. Um, and so, and then you have the stimulus package, you know, um, placed on top of that. So, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, and I, I suppose it's it's almost a, uh, it's sort of a sad thought, but there's going to be a lot of fraud, waste, and abuse um, within the, um, the stimulus package because it's going to go to industries, it's going to go to entities um, that have probably been problem children in the past um, and or have been challenged either ethically or compliance-wise or production, whatever, under a government contract, and they're going to be getting this kind of stimulus money. Um, and so the first thing that comes to mind is really from the government 
you know, vantage point, and that is what kind of controls are you going to be put in place to make sure up front that there's not a lot of fraud, waste, and abuse of those government, those precious government dollars, right? So, you know, to me, um, in this space, you would think that they would be contemplating um, for whatever dollars go out the door that there will be some type of oversight um, uh, process that will take place up front and not on the back end, you know, after the money's gone and then doing an audit, which is typically what they do. But putting those kinds of processes in place um, now to make sure that those dollars are appropriately spent as they're being spent, you know, um, and I know they're going to create an IG and I think that that's great and there's going to be subject to audits and that's great. But I always think of those things as sort of coming in at the end rather than up, up front. You know, so if I'm at the Department of Transportation getting money, if I am, you know, uh, the, the Air Force getting money, if I am the Department of the Interior getting money for contractors that work under their programs, I want to have something in place now um, so that that um, the dollars that are being spent, you know, are properly being watched. And, they, and, and the government, as you and I have talked about a number of times now, they just don't have the, the wherewithal to do that kind of oversight. So I think independent monitoring right now in the upfront proactive, you know, approach is, is, is very, very appropriate. And I, I, and I almost think it's foolish not to put those kinds of things in place. Um, now, the other thing is again, on the back end, you know, there is going to be a lot of discovery that there was fraud, waste and abuse after the money's been spent, you know? And so, Having um, that mechanism built into perhaps a contract or built into a regulatory scheme, if it's not already there, should definitely be considered. And I think, you know, you talked about federal, state, municipal. I think it, it runs across the board. So I, I do think that that type of approach, thinking about these things before the money is spent, um, it really makes a lot of sense. So that's from the government's vantage point. From a company's vantage point, I, you know, I would also think that the momentum that has been built um, over the last number of years with really more proactive, stronger compliance programs, internal audit systems, those kinds of things, I think now's the time to strengthen those programs. You know, because I think there is going to be more scrutiny, as I was just saying, um, if the government is wise. Um, and so I think better to be prepared with the, the 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 most effective controls and systems in place now so that you are preventing fraud, waste and abuse. I, I you know, again, I've said this before uh, on, on a podcast that I did with you, but I think it's so important for companies to think like that, you know, to think ahead, to think about, boy, I think it's a competitive advantage to have a strong program and then to go to a government contracting agency or to go to a vendor or somebody that you're selling your, your wares to and say, look, this is our program. You know, this is what distinguishes us from everybody else that we have these strong programs. So, you know, I, I think right now keeping program strong and not, you know, taking away from compliance programs, which as we all know, sometimes are very underfunded, um, I, I think would be a, another foolish thing to do. I think you should strengthen those 
so that you can win projects, so that you can demonstrate that you are strong, uh, you know, a competitor in these in the in these in bidding you know processes by by demonstrating that you're compliant, that you've got a good program. So I sort of that wrapped the you know, sort of both sides of that you know coin into that answer. Then yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article that uh, suggested that the coronavirus uh, pandemic could elevate ESG factors in companies because investors are looking for companies that have incorporated things like compliance into the very framework and DNA of their company. Would you see oversight uh, along the proactive monitor model that you've talked about as one of those factors? Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you would think about that. Um, again, it goes back to things that you and I've talked about. So sometimes, you know, companies have very strong programs. Sometimes they are paper programs. Sometimes they are, they're well-intentioned, but they don't have necessarily have, you know, the wherewithal to put in a full, you know, compliance program. I think that having an independent, you know, proactively look at the program, look at the controls that are in place, third-party vendor relationships, you know, what they're doing with, um, you know, enforcement um, when they do find a problem, what they're doing with internal audit, um, what they're doing with, you know, training, you know, in various, you know, sectors, uh, compliance training. I, I think those are all the key factors to having a stronger compliance program. And, you know, right now, I mean, the focus is on, for some companies, it's survival, and we all get that, right? And for some, you know, investments that they have made, it is um, it maybe the the entire investment may be going down the tube if they if they don't do something right now to be proactive and in, in addressing you know loss of business and what have you. But again, I think this is a short term problem, right? And I think we're going to come out of this, and I think the strongest companies will have taken the kind of approach that you just described where your program is maintained and then strengthened and that the independent oversight that a company like affiliated provides really takes it out of sort of the subjective um, where a company is self-assessing how well they're doing and puts it into into the hands of an independent um, that is looking at the program. We're continuing to work with a number of companies to that end where, you know, proactively they have brought us on board to help strengthen their programs. And I'll tell you, they come out of this much better. Their investors are much happier. So I, I think it sort of fits with into that that scheme that you've just described, Tom. Ben, let me uh, uh, drill down a little bit on back on the government side of things. You talked about the federal government. Do the same strategies work for monies that are provided to state, city, county, municipal uh, and other municipal types of government around oversight as well? Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to get away from the money for a second just to talk about what's going on in healthcare because um, it's something that we do a lot of working, monitoring for regulatory boards around the country. And one of the things that we're seeing um, is um, sort of a, a real need for healthcare providers, right? And so, there are a lot of states, uh, state licensing boards that are now bringing in um, doctors that may not necessarily have gotten a license in the past, or they might not have finished a residency and they're licensing them because they need providers. 
They're also bringing back people who may have been in practice, out of practice for a number of years, um, and may not be you know, sort of up to speed on the regulatory requirements. And they're sort of waving them in uh, because of that need. Now, you fully can understand that, right? Because this is an emergency and you have to have healthcare providers. But think of it in the long term, and that is the problems that are going to result, you know, as a consequence of bringing in people that, you know, are not necessarily qualified uh, to the level of that, that qualifications, um, uh, you know, stood uh, prior to the crisis. So having some type of mechanism to oversee this, these, these, these practitioners while they're working now um, makes sense. So it's sort of proactive um, uh, monitoring by government agencies, not on an enforcement side of things where they've done something wrong, but almost on a probationary um, uh, way so that the, the government has its hands on these providers. Let them practice, but have some oversight, right? So now I'll take it back to the finance side of things, and that's the same thing I'm talking about. Be proactive as a government agency, as a Department of Transportation in a, a state, you know, as a health and human services uh, agency in a state, as a um, education, you know, service in a state. Think about, um, again, when these dollars go out the door, having some oversight mechanism that is going to ensure that the dollars are properly spent. You're going to cut down fraud up front instead of, again, finding the fraud at the end. So I, I think it's very applicable there. You know, there's lots of projects that are sort of on hold now, right? With, I know in Massachusetts, all construction projects are sort of stopped for the moment, but that's going to pick up again. Um, and so now's a good time to reassess, you know, how you're spending your dollars and, uh, and the best way to spend those dollars. Ben, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but I've been visiting with Vin DeCiani, the founder and CEO at Affiliated Monitors. Vin, I'm sure we'll be uh, visiting about this uh, during uh, this crisis. Tom, thank you, and, and uh, thank you for the work that you do, because I think that getting out this kind of message is really important, especially at this time. So I really appreciate what you do. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this the word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.